A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Friday. I'm Jason Cundy and welcome to another edition of the TalkSport Daily podcast. In today's potty, we've got support for Tyson Fury after he demanded to be removed from the Sports Personality of the Year award shortlist. There's praise for Frank Lampard from a former Leeds player ahead of Marcello Bielsa's side visit to Stamford Bridge in Spygate Part 5, live on game day. But we kick things off with Manchester United and United fans. You might want to skip ahead two minutes here. After the defeat to PSG in the Champions League, it was another night to forget for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It left a lot of fans disgruntled on the sports bar. He's one of these that laugh even when he makes a bad decision. It's diabolical, really. Well, this was the take of Jamie O'Hara, Neil Custis, Adrian Durham and Simon Floppy-Haired Jordan here on TalkSport. We're now two years, not two minutes, not 20 games, two years into a tenure where he got a pass at the back end of last season, which has distorted the view of what Man United really are. They're a very average side with some very highly priced footballers that aren't performing at the level that Manchester United should be performing at. So and what should he do? I don't think he should be doing anything besides getting his coat. They were there for the taking for us uh, beginning of second half. I thought uh, until they scored, we were the team most likely to get the, the important 2-1. I defend Oli. I think the people piling after one defeat constantly, well, which means he's losing too many games, I suppose. But you have to remember, you know, he's, he's one eight away from home in the league. It's a, it's a, it's a club record. The start of this group, they were doing extremely well. But there's no doubt last night they blew it. I mean, they absolutely blew it because they were on top and their momentum was with them and that chance of Martial, that has turned it for me more than what's happened with Fred. And and that is not in Oli Solskjaer's control. I have an agenda against mediocrity. I, I believe that to get excellence and to be rewarded in life for being excellent, you need to be excellent. You need to have the basis of it, the indications of it and the track record for it. But this guy does have a track record called Cardiff and Mulder. And if Manchester United think that's the answer to their problems, it's not my business. It's only Manchester United fans' business. They go out of the Champions League, they go into Europa. I mean, it's probably where Man United deserve to be at this moment in time. There's no sort of real element to say that Manchester United should win that group and they should be in the Champions League. They got in last season, but this season, really, they've been poor. And I do think that if they don't progress in the Champions League, if they drop out into the Europa, then I think time is up. Given what happened last night... Fred sent off when he should have been substituted. He's got that hopelessly, hopelessly wrong. If Man United's ground had been full last night, 
75,000 at Old Trafford last night. I think they'd have been screaming at Ollie to take him off and he might have got the message. But when the fans are the ones that are making decisions for the manager, you know you've got a big problem. This is Floppyhead discussing Tyson Fury wanting to be taken off the BBC Sports Personality of the Year shortlist and why he supports the world champion's decision. I don't need you guys, and what I don't want to do is have the council crew come back out again from 2015 going, you said this, and you said that, and you said the other. So I'm actually in his camp, and I don't think the BBC are the be-all and end-all. They're a left-wing broadcaster that has their own certain views, woke up to the yin-yang, and I'm not in favour of Tyson Fury being forced into a situation where he forms part of the BBC's roster of who gets voted for if he doesn't want to. I don't hold the cultural or religious views that Tyson Fury voiced in 2015. And a lot of society won't hold them. And the mentality that he deploys is based upon his outlook in life. Right? And he was very much privy to a significant backlash to what was said by him in context and then out of context, which he sought to explain at a later stage. Misogynistic, homophobic views. Some of them ignorant, but they're based upon the culture that that man lives in. We are asking in this country to accept other people's cultures left, right and centre, but only the ones we seem to think that we agree with. And I felt that in 2015, he got dragged up on stage, got ambushed by Gary Lineker, got put in a very uncomfortable position that he didn't even know what Lineker was talking about and had to be told twice as to whether he should be apologising. Of course, to some extent, he compromised himself to what he said. But we live in a society, whether you like people's views or not, that people have a right to express their views. His views have ignorance attached to it on one side, but he does come from a culture that holds certain, what we would consider in the mainstream, misogynistic views towards women. But it's part of a culture that he comes from. And who are we to tell him that his culture is wrong? Here's former Leeds defender Danny Mills praising Chelsea boss Frank Lampard and looking ahead to the big clash on Saturday as Leeds travel to Stamford Bridge. As Marcello Bielsa takes his binoculars down to London in a game they're calling the spy who sh- the spy who beat me. <laughs> But it's starting to show as well that it's, you know, Frank obviously is tactically astute, is a good coach, but his man management is very, very good. You know, a lot of people have said, you know, why is Giroud still there? Why is he not kicking up a fuss? Mm. Why is he not left yet? Rumours have you know, January could be gone, but surely not well, now. Ma- managing to keep sort of, you know, 20, 25 players happy that obviously can't play week in, week out, you know, is it, difficult. And obviously he's got a big decision to make. You know, yeah. if you don't, if you drop somebody and you, you're both, you know, you're both strikers, if you scored four goals and then got left out, oh. you'd be scratching your head a little bit. But I think it's a difficult one against Leeds because Leeds are almost unique. They, they, they'll win some games, they'll lose some games the way that they play. Nobody is intense as Leeds. No one plays the same as Leeds. And tactically, how do you combat that? It's, it's going to yeah. be a difficult one, I think, for Frank. And Chelsea versus Leeds is live on Saturday or game day on TalkSport. Coverage gets underway around 7.30pm, straight after West Ham versus Manchester United. Now, this is the Sports Bar, myself and Adam Catman-Cattrall reacting to the night's Europa League action involving the British teams. It's finished here after a night of high drama in Austria. Lask 3, Tottenham 3. I have a feeling, which is not a feeling, is experience that some of the players, they feel 
that they shouldn't be here. The contradiction on that is players like Son and like Pierre that are players that are starting every match. Karamoko, my word! Tottenham concede in stoppage time and Joe Hart for the third time this evening is picking the ball out of the Tottenham net. So I think it's a question of, uh, of attitude that I experienced before. Even at Man United, I had a similar situation. In the group phase, we lost two matches away in the group phase. Then when, it, when we get into the knockouts and you get better opponents and you get more difficulties, the team faces matches in a different in a different way. Stuttered his run bell, left-footed into the corner. Spurs back on level terms. Gareth Bell has his 200th goal for club and country. Don't think Gareth Bell is yet at the level that we know he's capable of. There were just one or two occasions where you see the, the Gareth Bell that we know exploding onto a pass that wasn't evident tonight. I don't think he's quite there yet. He has lots of of positive things in his in his game and of course you can you can see that uh, there are little bits that he has to improve a word on the fans and well done to them 2000 in such a huge venue made themselves heard you might be able to in behind me now back their team all night and probably thoroughly enjoyed being back inside a football stadium it feels like football is back tonight Arsenal 4 Rapid Vienna 1 it makes a huge difference to feel that support and, uh, and energy from them thank you so much for to come in and, and support the team. As fans return to stadiums on Wednesday night, TalkSport's breakfast producer George, a.k.a. Sinbad the Sailor, was unleashed on South London and visited the Valley as Charlton took on the MK Dons. Porgy spoke to supporters who hadn't seen their team play since March, but he kicked things off, as you should always do, in the local boozer. I'm here at the Buglehorn, right round the corner from the valley, and I'm with the landlord of the pub. I'm with John. How happy are you to see fans back in the stadium and around your pub tonight? Oh, I'm uh, over the moon, because uh, we've really missed them and everything else, and like, financially it's just crippled us during COVID, and we need them to back. On a weekend, on a Saturday, how important is that to your trade? Football's one of our biggest earners, so we definitely need them and definitely miss them. I was also delighted to catch up with a regular of the Bugle, one of a kind, Shirley. How important is it tonight for you to be back in that stadium? Yeah, well, I think everybody's missed their football. The simple reason for some people, I mean, I know that myself. You work all week, you want that form of release, and going down there yelling at the referee, yelling at the players, applauding them, whatever, it's just that release from saying things and doing things that you can't do normally at work or, or maybe even your own social life. Come down to the bugle, beers, down the ground, watch the match back to Bugle and it just makes the day out so starting from about midday until uh, John kicks me out when I'm half cut about 10 o'clock 11 o'clock from the pub straight to the ground where we caught up with lifelong addict and South East native Tom apart from watching the actual gameplay what are the main things that you miss from your match day experience you know the overall atmosphere being being with Cholton fans they're a good bunch so it's you know I've, I've grown up in the area as well so there's a lot of faces you recognise it's, it's a nice experience coming old man as well as I get a bit older. In regards to the safety of fans during this crazy time of COVID, how do you feel going into that stadium? Do you feel safe with the protocols that they have in place? Yeah, absolutely. Charlton have always been a community club and you know I have nothing but positive things to say about the club and how they've treated the whole COVID situation. As I say, it's, it's been a horrible year for everyone. So, you know, they're doing their bit to try and bring a bit of happiness back to the community. And 
yeah, uh, everything I've seen so far, they've been outstanding, so I'm looking forward to getting on the ground. Finally, after all the bacon sarnies and the fruit machines, we made our way to the ground. We're walking up the steps, at the valley, and looking out onto the pitch. With that in mind, I want to take you back to the CAF, where we caught up with Lynn, explaining to us what it's going to feel like hearing the Red Red Robin, the club's anthem, playing out at the start of the game. That's going to be emotional. I'm sure it will for most people. It's, it's total, you know? will be allowed to attend the World Darts Championship after the PDC confirmed 1,000 tickets will be made available for each session at Ali Pali. Head of Matchroom Darts, Barry Hearn, said fans can expect a different experience. We live in a different world, don't we? And we have to adjust to the changing circumstances. And of course, people's health is our number one priority. So we have to follow the rules. The rules have been laid down by government and more importantly, perhaps, with the local health authority who take responsibility for this. So we have to take a very professional approach on it. It won't be the same, completely the same. The darts will be as good, by the way. Maybe the customer experience is going to be different because, you know, one of the rules is no fancy dress. By the way, you can still wear some crazy jumpers. <laughs> This Sunday evening from 9.30, you can hear the third episode in Talk Sports After the Lights Go Out series, presented by Steve Harmison and Leon McKenzie. The programme focuses on the struggles of professional athletes following their retirement from sport. And this week's instalment features the Premier League winner, Wayne Bridge. Over the course of the hour, he reflects on some of the challenges he has faced since retiring from football in 2014, as well as his experiences working with some of the big-name managers, including Glenn Hoddle and Big Phil Scolari. Here, Wayne reflects on his relationship with Jose Mourinho. I remember having an argument with him in training because he was digging me out all the time, and I ended up turning around and just saying, what's your problem? Mourinho? Yeah. Is that a little bit like what he's doing with Luke, like he did with Luke Shaw? Probably. I think he's, try, I think he's trying to get something out of the players. Yeah. I think he's trying to get something out of you. He probably wants a reaction. But where he was digging me out, my head was just my head just went and I just was like, example. what's your problem? Give, give me an example. When you say like digging out, what, Oh, what so sort of say of like there was a pass or he, and it was the wrong pass like or I didn't make the right run, but it was kind of constant. But do you know when I know in myself, I think, I think that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah. he might not like it. And I just felt like it was unneeded and it was constant. And I just, I just thought, oh, what's your problem? And I was kind of pushed to the side a little bit. But don't get me wrong, I just, I didn't just sit there and go, oh, that's, that's me done. I still trained. Like, I turned a corner with him. And he is a great manager. He was great for the team. He was very, very good. Training was amazing. And even afterwards, when I've had injuries since I've retired and he was there, he'd have me in at the training ground, like, getting treatment and he always said oh do you want to come work you know do you, do you want to come coach some of the kids you know get your badges like mm. he, he was really good with me so as much as he he was hard on me and I thought it was unnecessary at times he, he's also been really good to me that's after lights go out with Wayne Bridge this Sunday evening from 9.30 here on TalkSport and the programme will also be available as a podcast from Monday on the TalkSport game day feed this is kickoff with guest Anton Ferdinand discussing his recent TV documentary, Football, Racism and Me.
you've got two young children and I know that um, certainly the, your oldest child um, did watch the documentary and I wonder what that experience was for you as a father because your son wasn't alive at the time was he to see him and see him maybe understand you going through something so big in your life he's of an age now where Google's his best friend um, <laughs> he's good on, on computers he can read he can write he can type he likes to type my name in Google six seven months ago he started to ask questions uh, dad why is it when I put your name into Google why is it that the first thing that comes up especially when I go on pictures and images the first thing that comes up is you and John Terry you know and there's a lot of pictures of you and John Terry and you look like you're gonna fight why is why is that you know and I was like okay wow the time's come <laughs> so I just explained to him an incident happened but I am making a documentary and the documentary is for you son and for the next generation and when it does air or when it's finished I'll sit down with you and watch it with you and I will educate you on things that I feel you need to understand and know we was able to watch it before it went out and I sat down and watched it watched it with him and I just left him for the first um for the first time just left him let him watch it and he was really really engrossed in it really engrossed and I was like okay well I'm just going to leave him I let him go to bed I didn't say nothing I woke up the next day we went to took him to school on the school and I said uh, son um did you understand everything that was going on in the documentary and he said yeah I did I said um the next time we watch it I'm going to sit down and we're going to stop and start it and I'm going to educate you on it because education is key and I said would you like that he said yeah I'd, I'd like that a lot I said how did it make you feel watching it he said dad I didn't realize how big it was until I started watching it and I was like wow I was taken back by that a seven-year-old's telling me that he didn't realize how big it is and he's asked me questions on it before him watching it made him that that's what he, that's the conclusion he came to mm. you know and to hear a seven-year-old say that to me and let alone it be my son it was um emotional for me because he's my son but I knew I was doing the right thing you know by it made it made it even more clearer to me that I was doing the right thing because it is for him it is for for his sister my, my daughter mm. you know and it is for my nieces and nephews you know, um, and my, my extended family, my, my cousins, kids, it's for them, as long as, as well as the next generation in football and in the world. Over to Jamie O'Hara now, the former Spurs midfielder, looking ahead to Sunday's North London derby. I think this is the perfect game for Arsenal in terms of they, their form isn't great. The expectations with Spurs to win the game, they're top, they have to get a result. You know, Arsenal miles off it, they're playing like a mid-table team, in my opinion. You can play well, you know, and it's all right playing nice football and passing out from the back, but you're losing games and you're not winning games. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. Look at Mourinho. Mourinho's found a way to get results and win games because he's a winner. I look at this Arsenal team and I look at, I turn around and look at them and go, they don't know how to win. They want to play a certain way and they want to have a philosophy of how they want to do it, but that's not getting them results at the minute. So, in my opinion, it's the perfect game for them because it's like a cup final. It's a one-off fixture and it can go either way, but Spurs are favourites by by a long shot. It feels enormous for both, but it feels enormous for Arteta. Jose's got his team playing in a certain way. They're a team that are playing the Jose way and this is going to be a tough game for Arsenal. Of course it is. It's going to be really tough. There's so many different little facets to it. Of course they can, you know, they're, they're, they're doing very well Spurs at the moment, but I sense that this is a, a much, much bigger game for Arteta. If they were to get beaten and maybe humiliated, which is not, you know, they've done that to Manchester United, you do, you do worry for the future, yeah, absolutely. And we finished the potty with Big Al. Big Al Brazil and a bit of a tongue twister for Big Al. Before we move yep. on, 
All bets are off for numpty of the week, Alan. The resounding recipient. Uh, <laughs> recip- uh, was it? Recipient. 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 Just a reminder of what's coming up this weekend across the TalkSport network. On 12.30, Burnley take on Everton in the Premier League. That's a TalkSport exclusive presented by Rashman Chowdhury. At 2.30, game day, live with Adrian Durham, also on TalkSport. Durham presents from Manchester City versus Fulham for all the goals as they go in from the Premier League and EFL. At 5.30, West Ham take on Manchester United. Again, a TalkSport exclusive presented by Faker Others. And finally, at 8 o'clock, Chelsea take on Leeds in the Premier League. Again, a TalkSport exclusive. That's it. I'm back on the Sports Bar on TalkSport from 10pm on Monday night after the big South Coast derby as Southampton and Brighton do battle. There'll be another one of these TalkSport daily potties out first thing Monday morning. Until then, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.